I want to keep this whole theme going about telling a story. And I want to tell you a story this evening about a little boy, 11 years old. He received a gift. And the gift was a symbol of something far greater worth that he would receive. And it's available to every single one of us here tonight. But this story really actually begins a long time ago. Truly, 8th century B.C. This is a long time ago. Thousands of years ago, there was a prophet, Isaiah. And he, and he received these visions from God. And there were just several of them. And he kept seeing these visions. And in chapter 9, verse 6, Cooper read it. It's the story that a virgin will have a child. And this child will be very different than any other child that's ever been born. I mean, his name's Mighty Counselor, Prince of Peace, powerful. This is like no other child. And he will be born sometime in the future. Matthew writes in chapter 1, as he's thinking through those prophecies that, that, that were written and described in the 8th century B.C., now at the turn in 1st century A.D., Matthew writes that this happened to fulfill that prophecy that a virgin will have a child and will give birth and we will name him Emmanuel. And he will be like no other child. All the nations of the earth will rest on his shoulders. So powerful, he will change world dynamics. And there are hundreds of prophecies like that one concerning this one child. The one we celebrate tonight. That's what Christmas is about. Matthew spoke of it. What was that scene like, that early scene? Well, in Luke chapter 2, Luke, another writer, writes this. He says, there were shepherds, and they were tending their flock at night. And all of a sudden, an angel appears, and bright lights, powerful bright lights. And the angel says, glory to God in the highest, peace to all men. I bring you good news that there will be this night a woman who will give birth a virgin who will give birth to a child, and that child will be the Son of God, the Messiah, the one prophesied in the 8th century B.C. His name will be the Anointed One. In Greek, Christos, where we get the word Christ, we're speaking of Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Messiah that was born. And, and as Luke is describing that scene, the shepherds see the angel, and then all of a sudden... It opens up even further, and he see, looks up into the heavens, and what does he see? He sees, it says it right there in the text, a host of angels. In fact, in Daniel chapter 7, Daniel sees the same vision. But he saw it a thousand years before Luke saw it. And it, yeah, the heavens opened up, and he said, it says that he saw a multitude of angels, 10,000 times 10,000 angels sitting around the throne room of God. And there's God, and there are the angels. 10,000 times 10,000 is 10 million, 100 million. 100 million, it could have been more. Praising, bringing songs, singing, glory to God in the highest. I mean, this is, this is amazing. And then John, one of the writers of the New Testament, he will see the same vision in Revelation chapter 5, verse 11. He'll see the exact same thing. I saw the heavens open up, and there they were, the angels, and they were singing, and there was the throne room of God. As my dear friend writes, 
the fabric of reality that keeps us from seeing and hearing the invisible world is torn away. It's ripped open for all to see in this one moment here in Luke chapter 2. Broken open. And what what he goes on to say is out of it comes this magnificent sound of thousands of angels praising God. It's the greatest gift of all. It's the announcement of a child being born. And that's the scene. The heavens break open. Reality is now broken open. What we see and what we hear is now no longer limited to this world. It's now opened up and the God pronounces this son will unite the eternal with the temporal for all times. No longer we live in the temporal. We now live in a world that continues on into the eternal because of the son. Because of this one son that was born. That's the great story. It's a glimpse of the eternal. And guess who gets to see the event? The shepherds. There they are. Do you see them in the scene? It's the shepherds. They're the first ones to get the news. Kenneth e. Bailey, a scholar, says that, that the shepherds were actually at the lowest level of the social status in that society. The lowest level. If we were in India, they would be the untouchables. These are the people that no one can even touch. And yet the shepherds get to see it first. I mean, this is the lowly of society. These people are impoverished. They have nothing. They're the marginalized. They're, They're like the 780 million people in the world today. 11% of the world's population are just like them, or even worse off. They live on a dollar 80 a day. Poverty is, is registered based upon how much a person has to survive on per day. And, and half the world's population, we're talking about 3.5 billion people in the world today live on less than $5. Half of that 3.5 billion live on $3 a day. Actually less than the cost of your coffee this morning for the whole day, every day. And that's who gets to see the scene. Why? Why is it like that? Because God wants to make it really clear that this son, this announcement is for everyone. Every single person here, every single person that walks the face of it. doesn't matter their social status, the color of their skin. doesn't matter. doesn't matter who they are. This gift is for them. Let me come back to the story, the true story about a little boy. He was 11 years old when he was taken to the hospital. He would be there eight months. That Christmas, his parents wanted to give him a gift that would lift his spirits, that would give him hope of a better future. He was musical and he played the trumpet. So they decided to give him a very, very special horn, a flugelhorn, a, a jazzy, softer sound. Maybe he'd become a jazz player someday. His father had played the horn when he was a child, and his father's father had played the horn. So it went back in his family several generations. 
So they took the horn to the hospital that Christmas morning and presented it to him. Ever spent the Christmas morning in the hospital? He opened it, but he never smiled. He hadn't smiled in months, actually. He opened it, he blew a few notes, he put it away and asked his parents to take it home. He wasn't ready to receive the gift. And here's the toughest part of the story. His parents shielded him from their deep sadness. Yet his father especially, so proud of the gift. Um, It was uh, the most expensive gift that this father had ever given any of his children. And so he wanted to show it off to his friends and he brought it to church that Christmas Eve 14 years ago. And he wanted to just show it to them and, and uh, play a tune before he took it to this Christmas morning celebration. And he chose a song, the Christmas song. You know it, chestnuts roasting on an empty open fire, right? Jack Frost nipping at your toes. It's a great song. To get him in the spirit of Christmas, the joy The hope that Christmas brings. In fact, this is the trumpet. This is the actual flugelhorn right here. On Christmas Eve, I thought I'd play for you. I asked Godwin to join in with me if he can keep keep up. Um, He played with Stevie Wonder. I think he can keep up. But just in case, um, here goes the Christmas song. Play this song together. Um, let me just imagine, just imagine the Christmas season, just the most beautiful setting you can imagine. And um, think of the most precious, important gift that you will receive this Christmas.
eight months later. And he would pick up the flugelhorn and play it. And um, he would join his high school jazz band and learn to play the guitar and the piano and even lead worship for his own church. The gift from his father and his mother would be a sign of a greater gift. That's what it is, a greater gift that he would later receive. And this, is, this gift is for you tonight. You know, you can, you can open it and uh, put it back in the case if you're not ready. You, you can just let it sit there. You can, uh, you can open it and truly enjoy the value of the gift. But here's one thing you can't do. You can't ignore the fact that you've been given a gift tonight. It's, it's the gift of Jesus. He didn't just come for some of us. He came for all of us. He really did. It's, it's, you got to do something with it. I hope you open it. I really do. John said it best. He came to his own and many of them did not receive him. But to those who received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And this evening you have an opportunity to become a child of God. We're going to sing a beautiful, beautiful song. We've got Noel and then we're going to, we're going to close with the Holy Night. It's beautiful. And during the Holy Night, there's a, there's a part that always gets me. It's we're going to fall on our knees. So we're going to fall on our knees and hear the angels sing. That's Luke chapter 2. When you fall on your knees and you see heaven open and God is reaching down and providing and giving you the greatest gift of all, his son, Jesus. Will you fall on your knees in your heart? You have an opportunity to do that. And when we sing that song, wait, all you have to do is just say, God, I'm all yours. I've been waiting a long time for this, but I'm finally going to open the gift. I don't know what, what's going to happen, but I know one thing. You've done all the work. It's a free gift. I don't have to pay for it. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to be good enough for it. That's how much God loves you. And all you have to do is just open it and receive it. And Jesus will come into your life. It's, it's the greatest thing you could ever have this Christmas. So let's continue and sing two beautiful songs as we close our evening together. <laughs>